0: welcome into to episode 22 of fatal to prejudice uh thank you for being here um if you haven't already please like subscribe download share the episodes if you want to support monetarily there's a patreon out there uh link in the description if you want to support that way really appreciate it uh let's get into the episode i got my buddy derek here um we met uh, a couple years ago right like This whole bourbon journey of friendship that I have uh, is kind of a trend here. Um, Got all different types of people. So Derek uh, so graciously decided to come on and hang out and support the homie. Really appreciate it. So thanks for being here, Derek.
1: That's right, man. Of course.
0: Yeah. So um, we met, what, three, four years ago now?
1: Yeah. And you know, honestly, dude, I can't remember. Like, I know... In a previous episode that you had with with P Dog, he remembered exactly how yeah. you guys met. I can't Ooh. remember the exact time, but yeah, it was like it was a couple years ago, and maybe th- three, maybe four, three maybe four, yeah, years ago. Um, and I can't. I think it was through a group of friends. We were all getting together, um, somewhere and. And, um, I I, I can't even remember who it was with. I mean, do you remember?
0: So I actually, I think I remember the time that you're talking about, but I believe we met, uh, before that. Um, so this was back when the social scene of, I guess, bourbon started blowing up in Columbus and people started figuring out like who's who and who enjoys the whole hobby and whatever. And there was a get together at a uh, restaurant north of Columbus. Oh, um, we all did like <laughs> personalized personalized glassware, and uh, it was like, let's get together, let's go drink some uh, whiskey, and let's
1: go eat some food. Um, didn't we do like a review? Like, what wasn't it a restaurant that was debuting like a Buffalo Trace pick or something?
0: No. No. no it was just a like a glassware pickup that we did oh okay all right now i know now you I remember know. this yeah, yeah yeah yeah. i'm trying not to get too specific for uh you right. know certain purposes but uh yeah and then um i remember you know seeing everyone in the group like saying they'll be there and whatever and just as a side note for anyone listening derek's got the big personality uh always lighting up the room and everything so even even like in the comment section <laughs> so i was like um oh shit i get to meet this Derek guy finally <laughs> i've seen him all over and i actually get to meet him in person and so yeah we met like everyone knew who you were walk in like you're the guy <laughs> right <laughs> so i remember that and just like I had like a little side chat conversation for a minute. And then, um, that's like after that, like a month or two later, that's when we met up at, uh, like a friend's house right, for a small get together.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's funny. Cause you know, like you said, you know, I know a lot of people and you know, just, just how I, how I live, I'm constantly needing to be around people. And you know, like I'm extreme extrovert, like probably one of the biggest extroverts of anybody I've met. And I've met a ton of people Yeah, And, you know, it's not like tooting my own horn or anything. It's just something that, I mean, it's something, it's who I am, you know, and it's something I crave. And so I kind of gravitated towards the bourbon world because I could meet a lot of people and I could combine two of my hobbies, which is people, interaction, and then also the brown water, right? Yeah. So that's honestly the biggest thing for me, man, is a lot of my friends now, like to this day, are people that I've met through the hobby. And, you know, a lot of them are very genuine, wholehearted people from all different walks of life, all different title, job titles. And, you know, it's nice because, uh, you know, our lives, our, our lives are more about experiences and memories than they are material things. So that's why I think bourbon is meant to be shared with other people rather than just sit on a shelf.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I think that's a great point to like bring up why I do this as well, just as like a shameless plug, right. Is, you know, it's, it's about the, the stories, the memories, the sharing, like we're sharing right now, all of those things. Um, and we get to do it in like a, you know, a one-on-one conversation. We get to do it um, in a recorded fashion so we can go back to it. We can share it with other people exactly, and say like, Hey, here's a time that I was like super vulnerable Um, check me out, like listen to what I have to say and to other people, you know?
1: Yeah. Plus it's, you know, when, when, when other people, like a lot of the, a lot of the people we know in the community, we mainly only know through social media and we interact through our chat groups and and maybe Facebook groups or, you know, other social media channels. And yeah, it's nice when you can actually kind of hear a story or even just hear the voice. Of that mm-hmm. person you know it's like it's almost like w- when you just know him through a chat it's almost like when you're reading a book like when I first read Harry Potter I had my own vision in my head right who I thought Harry Potter was and how he looked and how he sounded and then the movies come out and it totally changes everything right yeah you know? totally <laughs> but yeah I mean that, that's what's so cool about it and uh, hearing you say why you do this uh, brings up uh, actually a commercial that's running pretty regularly uh, right now on TV, which is, I think it's like um, Expedia. And it's that guy like, when we die, you think people will be talking or being upset about the things that we didn't buy or the places we didn't go. Yeah. Right. Cause it's more like, it's more about experiences, mm-hmm. right? And memories. And so that's why, you know, I love the podcast, man. I think you do a great job with it. I, 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 love hearing all these stories. I, I hope more, you know, if you're listening and, you know, you, you followed for a while and, and you're, you're, you're Cam's friend, you know, um, get involved, man. This is a lot of fun. Uh, it's great hearing stories from everybody and, and just kind of, you know, shooting the shit. Yeah, you know?
0: absolutely. And like also to that point, even if we don't know each other, right. Cause that's how we, that's how we start to bond and communicate. Right. So we don't know each other at first, but you share a conversation like this and you start to really know someone and i think that's a key point also on why this why i do this is you know you're not really it's like a book versus a movie just like harry potter you don't really know someone or what's going on until you can like experience it right
1: right yeah um
0: (laughs) well also like to the point earlier is how you're super extroverted and you need that i like it's funny because we're like a yin and yang I am very introverted, <laughs> and so like I, I love that. I crave the um, human interaction, enjoying people's company and the times that we share. But also, I'm like, I need to be away from people and away from things and all that stuff at the same time, so I can like recharge. So I can, I go in like waves, and you're also you're like constantly able to do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, man. It's 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 funny actually that. You know we kind of became such good friends because I can be an overpowering personality to people who are introverted and it's funny because you know my my main brother from another mother uh his name's Ryan I've known this guy for 30 of my 34 years on earth here and uh he, he himself I mean he's pretty much just like you Cam yeah uh extroverted I mean introverted for sure but also Likes to have a good time and, you know, chat with people from time to time. And then there's there's for sure. And I've lived with this guy for multiple years as well. There's for sure. It comes a time after that he's done all this social stuff Mm -hmm. that I can tell, like, I can't push him because he's like, all right, that's it. You know, I'm I'm getting up out of bed. I'm going to, you know, DoorDash or Uber eat some food. I'm going to sit down on the couch and like this, that's my day. Like, that's my day. If you need me, you can text me. Like, that's it. You know? Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> like uh, the this weekend that we're doing this, I've had so much social interaction. And then I know coming up here when we leave on Thursday uh, to go hang out with a bunch of our bourbon friends that we know across the country. I'm like, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, no one talk to me because uh, yeah. I need to be fully <laughs> recharged so I can have a lot of fun and interact with all these people this weekend.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, man, I know, I know. it's uh, yeah, it's gonna be a lot of people, but it's gonna be a lot of fun. I, I mean, action-packed days. There's not gonna be time, you know, much time for you to, you know, quote recharge those batteries. But right, um, I mean, last year, you know, this is the second time we've done this, guys, and uh, we've had a blast. Just people come from all over the country, hang out for for one of our one of our guys' birthdays, and you know, we are we're actually we get to go to a couple places. Uh, um, for those who who know Willet. You know, you guys know of the restaurant, you guys know of the grounds and legendary. Yeah, man. We get to rent out that spot and throw our own little, little rager for our group. So definitely looking forward to that, man.
0: Yeah. We, uh, we also get to go to like Keeneland. Uh, Unfortunately not this year, but last year we got to go to Keeneland, watch the horse races. Um, and that's your thing. Oh yeah. And the food. the food is like the big thing though it is
1: for these guys man yeah they
0: yeah it's it's funny because you know kentucky is the heartland for bourbon and horse races that's what it's like known for right but low-key and hopefully you know i don't have the following to like have people just flock to kentucky but like the the food that kentucky has the food culture holy shit yeah man (laughs) We go to some wild places that are just insanely awesome. And usually it's affordable, right? Like sometimes we ball out and go with like (laughs) a crazy five star. Uh, But a lot of the times it's, you know, affordable, great food.
1: Yeah. There's some, there's some really cool spots, you know, like downtown Louisville has some, you know, little nooks and crannies that, you know, there, there's a, there's a bar off the beaten path that. You Know, I, I didn't think anything of, and someone just told me they had like the best chicken and waffles or something like that, right? So I went, I went with Todd. Um, when that have been just probably a couple of years ago? A Mesa or a Meta, something like that. And it turns out they had a there's like a little corridor in between this bar/slash club and what turned out to be like a liquor store, like a tattoo, really? To it. Yeah, uh, and it wasn't like a full-blown liquor store, but it was like enough that you could, you could even buy the bottle and then like bring it over to the other side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. And I actually found some cool stuff. I found like a couple um, MGP bottles that I, you know, the obviously the, the brand I wasn't very familiar with, but then looking on the back, I see that it's MGP and yeah. I was like, well, you know, this is 50, 60 bucks. i want to buy one. Let's try it out. Right. Yeah. And dude, it was just such an unexpected time. And I, I can't really say I've had a, a bad time in, in Louisville. Now, have you ever had a hot brown?
0: No, I haven't.
1: Oh, we well, we're going to have to change that this week. It's
0: yeah, it's crazy how much like I've been there and it's it's pretty much a second like home to us, right? Right, right. I've never had the hot brown.
1: So, the the hotel's called the Brown. It's like legendary, you know, old school, actually very high class uh when you walk in, you go to the second floor there and it opens up to a nice ballroom. They have some very expensive bottles on the side like super expensive bottles on the side. And they'll let you know because the price is associated, you know. Oh I mean? yeah. Um, but the hop round, they keep it at such a I think it's like ten bucks. And then you get a huge plate of um, you know, the 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 full dish, but the best thing they have, in my opinion, is actually their wings. They have lollipop wings. What? Oh dude, I'm telling you, even if we don't go over there, I'm gonna like I'm gonna have to order some food delivered over to RFL, dude. <laughs> I'm telling you, it is incredible. It's so good. Lollipop wings are, like, they're small. It almost looks like a round, circular area of meat, and then it's got, like, that, you know, like, rib bone almost, or whatever the bone that's attached onto it. I'm not, you know, I'm not a poultry expert, but, you know. <laughs> it's Dude, they're, they're they're phenomenal. They're incredible.
0: Is it, like, is there any sort of, like, sweet sauce to go with it, to yeah, go with they the lollipop some, name?
1: Yeah, they give you some sauce. Uh, I think there's, like, only two or three different sauces you can choose from but i mean we couldn't help i mean we were we just housed them we, i mean when you get them you get your own you get your own order but you don't want yeah. to care you know <laughs> and it, they're, they're incredible we'll have to get you something for sure
0: yeah let's let's uh let's plan on it yeah. man the yeah the food down there is uh legendary
1: yeah if you guys haven't been definitely recommend going to louisville definitely recommend going to uh lexington as well Oh Fun yeah spots
0: we need to we need to give Lexington some love too.
1: yeah, and you know shameless plug for our hometown here, Columbus, Ohio. yeah
0: you know? we we're we're big foodies.
1: That's right. Don't forget about us up here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Louisville, Lexington, Columbus, all fantastic food spots. if you you want to do like food travel food tours, go for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, cool man. So do you want to like dive into your story now? Yeah, let's go. All right. Let's go. So, start off, like, where you grew up and all that fun stuff.
1: Yeah, so, you know, I uh, everyone knows, you know, for everybody who knows me, I'm a huge Buckeye fan. Like, I'm Team Ohio all the way. Oh, yeah. We'll get get there here later on. I get enough flack for it, but uh, I was born in in Minnesota, actually. I was born in Twin Cities, um, Minneapolis to be specific, and uh, actually... You know, when I first grew up, uh, my dad didn't have the the Dupont job that he still currently has. So, you know, I didn't I didn't grow up in a particularly wealthy family. We had bars on the windows when I when I was first born, and we were living kind of inner city there. And um, dad got another job, but it was in Connecticut. This is when I was like maybe four. So it was four, um, and. have a on my mom's side so my mother is born in in minnesota as well so her and i are born in minnesota and uh, a bunch of my family still live up there um there's a lake there called lake minnetonka and my aunt and uncle live on that lake it's a really nice like prestigious lake up there everyone has nice boats and you know small yachts and you know it's, it's it's a nice spot yeah um and then my grandmother lives north north of that in an area called Brainerd, and she lives right on a lake and some of my fondest memories actually are with my grandfather and my grandmother up there. Uh, mainly cause that's how I learned to fish was, was my grandfather. When I was, when I was five years old, I caught my first bass and I, I caught it, but I just let my rod just go into the, the water. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't in like deep water. It was very, uh, from my understanding and the, the stories that are told to me, it was, it was very shallow. So gr- grandpa was able to just reach in Still grabbed the pole. It was a smaller bass, but I was so excited about it. So grandpa, you know, took it back to the house, cut it up, cleaned it, and, you know, lightly uh, baked it. We had that for dinner, and that was, you know, it's always been a fun memory. He, he died at a somewhat early age from cancer. Um, but, you know, the memories I have up there are, are, are endless, and, and they're awesome. And so, like I said, when I was like four or so, I actually moved to Connecticut, and we were only there for a year. My sister was born in Connecticut, so we have, we have um, four family members in my family from three different states. So my dad was Ohio, my sister was Connecticut, my mom and I were both Minnesota. Wow. Yeah. And while we were in while we were in Connecticut, uh, we went through a pretty rough hurricane. I can't remember which one it was, but I remember it being like pretty scary. And I got put in a daycare. And I had, um, I had some friends. And actually, actually, so when I was younger, I, I actually had social issues. Um, so I started, when we moved to Columbus, like I said, one year after Connecticut. And, you know, I started kindergarten. And I had to have, like, a, I went to go and see, like, a child therapist. And I had to have, like, in school, I had, a, like, a behavior booklet that had, like, three stamp categories on it. And if I got three stamps in one day, my parents would like, give me a reward, you know, like go to Chuck E. Cheese's, right. Or, <laughs> or, or, or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, so I, yeah, I actually, you know, the, the guy that's the most, uh, you know, extrovert in CBUS, I, I had social issues when I was young and Dr. Passano, if you're out there, you know, I, you uh, you help me out a lot. If you, if you ever you know, stumble across this podcast, uh, really appreciate your help. But. Um, yeah, I, I moved here to Columbus when I was probably, I think I was six somewhere. Yeah. I was about six, um, five, I was five. Yep. I was five. And that's when I moved, I moved in right over here. It was Powell. Uh, no, it was Worthington at the time over off of smoky and hard road, Mm -hmm. that area, like near Worthington Kilbourne. Yeah. You know, And I moved over there. And uh, that's right, ac- right across the street from my house was where Ryan lived, so that's where I, that's when I met Ryan.
0: Okay. And so you, yeah, you met him right when you moved to Columbus. And yeah, and he best actually friends ever since.
1: Right, and he helped me actually with my social issues because, you know, he was always kind of a quiet guy, right, and so I was able to kind of feel comfortable. You know, we did, you know, we did stupid stuff, you know, kids do stupid stuff. We made mud pies and put them on the slide to, like, bake them up, you know. <laughs> um, you know, we, we made little forts. We actually built our own city in his basement. Um, he'll actually kill me because I can't remember the name of the city, but he'll be like, how could you forget, you know. But <laughs> well, we built, a, a like, a mini city with our own currency and everything, you know. And um, I didn't really you know elementary I got you know elementary school I got picked on a little bit you know I I wasn't exactly the most popular guy because I still wasn't you know like myself that I am now but um you know I've always been a little you know even when I was young I was always a bigger kid right and so I got made fun of a little bit for that but um coming into middle school and I went to Tanji. you know go Braves (laughs) and um Coming into middle school was really where I started, you know, finding myself, so to speak. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't I never hung out, and this is middle school and high school, I, I never hung out with any one group, right? Uh, and that's where I, I feel like I got my, you know, my utmost respect that I have now for literally all groups, all races, all faces, any type of different culture, right? Like, I want to experience it all. You know, and I, I still to this day I, I hang out with, you know, I, I hang out with with people who might not be able to really even afford more than one beer when we hang out. I hang out with people that make millions of dollars a year, you know, and everywhere in between. And yeah. early on, it was because you know I was in three different choirs, so I was a I was a thespian, right? I was a mathlete because I was in all the AP classes. It's a four time letter winner in sports. Uh, you know, I hung out with the jocks. And at lunch, I like to eat with the skate, some of my skater friends, right? Or the, I don't know, goths and skaters, you know, the, whatever <laughs> group you want to you, know, you want to put that in, man. And uh, it was just something for me that I was like, I'll be damned if I let anybody tell me I can or can't hang out with a certain group of people just because maybe they don't like them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so uh, to this day, I still carry that mentality of, I understand you don't like, you might not like this person, but let me judge if I should like this person or not, right? Yeah. You know? And so I I carried that into my senior year. Uh, Like I said, Olin Tangy And I really, I wanted to follow kind of my dad's footsteps, right? He's my hero. You know, he's the guy I wanted to be. He was able to, you know, pretty much provide for the fam. We, you know, we eventually go on vacations. He works for DuPont still currently. And, um, you know, I felt my life was pretty good and i was like you know if i continue down the road like my father maybe i'll be able to do that for my family you know so pops went to ohio state that was pretty much the only school that i even applied for uh and i did early admission i knew i was into ohio state uh like before winter break in high school so like i was like that's early right yeah yeah i was chilling man so the rest of the rest of the year i just chilled but Uh, Ohio state was really my, my only real spot that I wanted to go to. I mean, I got, I got looked at for, you know, D one double A and some D two schools for football. But, you know, I I wasn't, you know, I wasn't trying to lie to myself and think that I could play at Ohio state, you know, like (laughs) five you're not playing offensive line for Ohio state like ever. Right. You know, uh, you gotta be like six, four to, to even get, uh, you know, a call from those guys, but. Um, we took our high school to the first playoff game th- that we qualified for in like years, so we were like the hot thing, right? And uh, my senior year, we actually split schools. So that was when Olin Tangi became Olin Tangi Braves, and then also the Liberty Pioneers. So you have Olin Tangi Liberty, and you had uh, Olin Tangi, and that kind of sucked because half the talent or the football side went to Liberty, and the other half still stayed at Olin Tangi. So it was kind of hard to compete, but. We still did it, and uh, so I, you know, I had fun with football, but that was never going to be what I was going to like career in, you know. Mm-hmm. So, decided so to go to Ohio State. Like I said, I wanted to gear everything similar, similarly to my father, and he went to Ohio State and he got a degree in chemical engineering. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna start my major as chemical engineering, right? And there was a, um, a division of chemical engineering at the time, and it was called nanotechnology engineering. And I know it's, uh, it's, a, big, it's a big word there, but uh, really nanotechnology is just breaking down the material in everyday life down to like a nano level. You know, you would need a microscope to see the differences that are right. that are happening, and you know, like it was cool because at the time the Navy was just starting to experiment with that, and they were they were using nanotechnology to reduce the weight of the warships because of the engines that they have in there are so massive by like tons, like wow. tons of pounds, and that doesn't sound like you know oh whatever it's a warship, but I mean you think of the agility and the speed uh, difference that can be had with tons of weight being put off. thats a lot.
0: Yeah. They're already fast. Right. Yeah. Make them way faster. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And so I started that out and I loved it. I, I loved the projects we did. Uh, like I told you earlier, Cam, I, I created like a Petri dish that could detect if you had the flu or a cold based on, um, you know, a blood draw and an led light within a Petri dish. Right. Yeah. And, uh, uh, so I actually had a, I had a, I had a rough college experience, not socially, but, you know, I was the guy in high school, even though I was in AP classes, I didn't really have to study. You know, uh-huh. I, I'd study for the test, the, you know, the period before, you know, but that yep. day of the period before, all right, let me get my notes in real quick. And I'd go and get an A or B, no biggie. And in college, it was different. So I was in the uh, Mount Leadership Society, which is the oldest scholars program at Ohio State. Uh, we actually focused on diversity and leadership. So, you know, those were passions of mine. And um, I chose to go with this scholars program, even though, you know, the, the, the term scholar to me at the time came off as like nerdy, you know, and antisocial, you know, so yeah. I, I, the extrovert in me had fear that by joining this scholar group, that it was just going to be a bunch of, you know lack of better word, bookworms and nerds that, you know, want to sit around and, you know, talk about comics or the, you know, the upcoming, um, rocket launch or test or, you know, something like that, instead of going out to campus parties and, you know, experiencing the social side. But I mean, I was wrong, you know, uh, actually other two of my other best friends, um, I met through the scholars program. Right. And to this day, they're still, they're still my boys and, and, uh, it was a great experience with the Scholars Program, and they helped me because my freshman year, I quickly learned that I could not study for tests and exams in the same way that I did in high school. Right? I actually got put on academic probation um, from Ohio State because I was not doing, uh, not not being a very studious student. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know, I, my parents, you know, they sat me down, and said, "D, you gotta get your, you know, pretty much you gotta get your shit." In. In order, right? yeah, and I did. You know, I next X amount of semesters, I I got A's. I brought my GPA finally back up, so I didn't lose my scholarship, right? I got a nice scholarship from Ohio State, and um, and I, you know, I got my grades back up, and and I actually changed majors five or six times actually. So I went from like a nanotechnology engineer to a chemical engineer to a mechanical engineer to a general engineer to um. Universal studies, (laughs) and then honestly, dude. By that time, I already had enough of like the prerequisites that I was like, okay, let me try to string together, you know, (laughs) what I could get in. And so I actually graduated from a high state with a dual degree in uh, economics and strategic communication. Interesting. Yeah, and honestly, the only reason I got the econ degree is not because I like economics, but because for the jobs and the companies that I wanted to go work for, I always knew I wanted to be a sales guy, right? Yeah. always been in my blood and i just knew that if i wanted to get into x y and z companies some of the categories that they all had checked off in terms of degrees was economics Mm -hmm. so i was like all right cool that'll help me get in the door a little bit right right
0: (laughs) at least to get you an interview right yeah right
1: exactly exactly i mean that's you know i'm a little cocky in the sense that if i can get that interview i've already got the job yeah no one's gonna beat me you know what i'm saying yeah and um that held true. So that's, that's kind of, you know, you want my early on life story that, that brings you up to, uh, to the, um, college graduation. You know,
0: was there anything like during college that stands out that you want to, you want to talk about like a fun story or, oh, uh, man. anything that you did? <laughs> man, stories. I got a <laughs> lot. nothing too
1: crazy. <laughs> yeah. I got a lot of fun stories, man. But you know, it's, um, the first two years I lived on campus. After that, I moved off of um, off of campus onto Norwich and Neil, right behind the varsity club. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it's a you know it's a pretty pretty happening, fun spot there. And off off of Norwich, there's a little alley, and they, it was called Turby River. Okay. Right. So there's Turby River, and we lived in a we lived in a townhouse. It was me and three other dudes. And on the other side of this Turby River, we befriended guys from another. One of the other townhouses, right? And we started calling ourselves the the Turpe River Band, right? <laughs> and we threw Turpy River parties, and and these guys, I mean, we would do we would do some crazy stuff, like when we go to the basketball games, right? We dress up and you know all sorts of wrestling gear and an oversized jock strap and um, you know just some wild wigs in the hair, and you know we got on ESPN a couple of times. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best is. Um, uh, my buddy's getting interviewed. I think it was Ohio State Purdue, and it was like a big basketball game, right? So ESPN was there, and the reporter like was trying to find some fans, you know, like. And I guess we just looked like, you know, the 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 crazy, you know, the crazy loyal super fans because how yeah. we're dressed. So she interviewed my buddy, and on live, she was like, "And is that all you, you know, got to say about the game?" And he just straight up turns and looks at her. And he's like, "Well, what do you want me to do? Get naked?" <laughs> <laughs> And she just couldn't. She really didn't know how to like end the interview. <laughs> Dude, and, imagine uh,
0: what, what year was this?
1: That would have been. Oh, that would have been like two thousand four, two thousand five. So we had we had a good basketball. No, no, no. That would have been like oh seven, oh eight. Yeah. Okay. So Dude, we had a good imagine, basketball team.
0: Imagine if like Barstool was around. Oh my god! During the time that you were around mm-hmm. on this. Oh my god. You guys would have been lit up by Barstool.
1: (laughs) Well, not just Barstool, but like, I mean, the the Twitter, Twitter was just kind of starting out, right? And that was when Facebook still had you write um, a Facebook status, like Derek is dot, 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 and you'd fill in the is part. Yeah. You know, like you couldn't.
0: right after it was exclusively for college kids. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so luckily, you know, for all of us that graduated in that time, it wasn't really around, right? Because all this, yeah. you know, stupid shenanigans. My junior and my senior year, we went out like a lot. I mean, we would do Monday, Sunday night, and Monday night would be mug night at Outer Inn. Legendary nights, right? Like oh yeah. Cheap, you know, big mugs of Outer In, cheap PBR beer or whatever it was, right? Uh-huh. And then you Dollar walk right. Or Two dollars. Yeah, right. And you walk right next door, and it's that Cecilia's Pizza joint.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, Let we tell you about Cecilia's. Oh, man. <laughs> it's the love of my life. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, this is hilarious that we're talking about this right now because literally just last week in my text thread with these with these guys, right? We were talking about something came up about Adderin, and my buddy Tyler's moving to Cleveland here in a couple of months. And uh, one of my other buddies was like, dude, Tyler, before you leave, let's go to Adderin. <laughs> let's go to Adderin and have some mugs. And he's like, oh, hell yeah, right? Oh, yeah hell yeah and then we'll go we'll walk what's that pizza joint cecilia's oh yeah i said you know honestly back then a better like name a better business combo on campus than outer In and cecilia's like i don't you know can't, right. you can right <laughs> bar for
0: college kids oh cheap yeah cheap drinks oh. and then you go next door after you're Just all loaded up and you load up on pizza sloppy greasy pizza baby super cheap yeah and it is delicious it is it's very good it is so good yeah
1: or, if that's not your fancy, like, I'm pretty sure on the street over is um, PJ's. Oh, yeah. You right like, across the street a from A fat powder. farmer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, we would do that on Sunday and Monday. And then uh, Tuesday normally was off night. You know, we'd hang out, try to get studious, you know, try to clean <laughs> up the pigsty a little bit.
0: Study a little bit. Yeah. Write half the paper. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> And then Wednesdays, so there's a little bar. Actually, it's it's a very notorious bar for people that that go in there. Um, it's called the Thirsty Scholar, and it's heard of it. you know, so it's, it's right on the it's right behind the. There's a gas station now right there. Um, and it's just, just a small a small house, to be honest with you. Yeah, and they're notorious because a couple times that they shut school down when I was there. Uh, they have they were like the only bar that had a backup generator because they're small enough that they could operate on that. Yeah, and so they would be open. And you'd go in, and, oh man, and you you were talking cheap, right? So Wednesdays is two dollar, you call it, and we're talking anything. Now, you know, in college, I still liked bourbon. I I I gravitate, you know, I I kind of I leaned towards the brown water more than like tequila or vodka, right? Yeah. And my version of, you know, like stepping out to get a good bottle of bourbon was maybe, you know, like Woodford, like a standard Woodford bottle, you know. And uh, so every time you two dollar you call it came around, I was like, oh, man, I can get a two dollar pour of of Woodford and diet, man. Like, let's go. We're going to get <laughs> wild. Right. And do you remember um, you remember a place? Uh, I, I believe it's closed now, but uh, so the South Campus Gateway just opened up. Yeah. Right. Remember Ugly Tuna? Yeah. Yeah. You go up the little escalator. It's on the yes. second floor there. Now, unfortunately, when we were in college, that was when that one guy, Brian something, uh, I was just gonna ask yeah. about this. Were you there? Yeah. Like
0: you were at yeah. OSU during this era.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. You wanna you wanna like throw down the story? So I can't remember his name, but um this 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 guy. So to go into to go into Ugly Tuna, right? So there's there's a place called South Campus Gateway. It's it's pretty much just like a a little mini strip mall oasis of bars and restaurants. And they, they have a movie theater there, a cheap one for college students and, uh, and then a parking garage. Right. So it's just like a little, you know, two story, uh, two Look sided mall. strip mall. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. On both sides and mainly just for entertainment for the college kids. And, uh, you go up an escalator and that's where ugly tuna was, was on the second floor. Right. There was really no other way in and out, Aside from that escalator and stairs, which are, you know, right there.
0: Yeah, there's one way in and out of this place. That's it. Yeah.
1: Like I mean, unless you just straight up jump off the balcony, but yeah. No one
0: wants to do that.
1: (laughs) Right. And uh, so the story is that this guy went in there on a Thursday night. So they have what's called ugly hour. And ugly hour was I believe from seven to eight or eight to nine, one of the two. And it would be one dollar any mixed drinks. Yep. So like like I said, my friends and I liked the party. And we would do we would legitimately order a hundred. Like I'm not even I'm not even bullshitting. Wow. We would order a hundred. <laughs> we would do fifty Long Islands and fifty bourbon and diets. No what At our table. Yeah, and our whole goal was just like fill the table up. And like if a you know, if a cute girl or two walks by, it's really oh, yeah. easy to be like, Hey, you know, and this yeah. is this is back then like, you know, no one was worried about possibly getting slipped a roofie or, you know, yeah. it wasn't that like it wasn't as worrisome as it is now. Right. right? And so this guy apparently went in during ugly hour and, I, I mean, I guess never came out. And the next day they put out a missing persons and um, the dad actually started running commercials all over the place about this Brian guy missing. They checked the security cameras. Never once does he go up or down the escalator again. Yeah. Never does he come out even of the front door again. Yeah. And still to this day, there's rumors of what possibly happened to him. Did he go out maybe a loading dock entrance to the kitchen or, you know, there's I mean, there are rumors that maybe, you know, and it sounds gruesome, but maybe the, he was chopped up and put in the walls. Like there's rumors that he's still alive, that he just, you know, w- there was rumors that I mean, there was a whole bunch of rumors back then. Right. Like, oh, right. I saw him down by the Olin Angie, you know, walking south or, you know, like stuff like that and it was just it was such a wild time because you know now i feel like in today's society now if 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 that got reported it would just be like well whatever had one more thing on the list right right but back then it was big because not much was happening you know not i mean we had the we had the iraq war but you know that was um that was kind of that kind of has been had been going on for some time right you know, this time when it happened in like oh seven oh eight, but yeah, I mean that was like that was like one of the big like you know unsolved mysteries like this show you know previously on unsolved mysteries, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, I mean we would go to we would go to Ugly Hour Man and just get lit up and and then right across you know Lucky's too, right with no. the, the big ass beers right across the street there. No. Oh that, man,
0: that's that was before my time. Yeah. So they have place. survived, but yeah, I didn't know Lucky's.
1: Yeah, so Lucky's was a a spot with big, I'm big, and they say big ass beers because they were, I mean, the cup size was like humongous, like it abnormally is. wide. Yeah, yeah, it was like it was a small pizza. Yeah, it was like, I mean, it was like a foot. You know, like these things, <laughs> these things are huge, right? <laughs> and yeah, man, you know, we, we would get we'd get lit up, and we have some funny stories, you know, um, like some frat party. Like my my buddy, um, my buddy would got on this tire swing, drunk as hell. Mm-hmm. And it, they would just – you know, he just kept getting spun and spun and spun and spun and to the oh, point no. where he got – he actually got his jeans somehow, like, twisted up in the rope that was holding it up. <laughs> Literally couldn't get him out. So he had to, like, take oh, his no. pants off. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I can see, like – I can see him out there. Like, he called, like, the fire department. He's, like, cutting him right. out. Right. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean,
1: what, what we had to do was just, like – help me like take his pants off he had to like try to stay on the rope (laughs) swing and you know get his belt unbuckled and had to like slip out of his his pants (laughs) yeah i mean those are all good memories plus obviously dude the game of the century number one ohio state number one michigan that would that would have been my freshman year um and we got to storm the field my buddy still has a i won't name his name you know for possible legal legal issues but i, I don't think they would come after him at this point but here's a video of him say. running down on the field and he actually stole the um the goal line marker that's you know back in then they used they used the um, the goal line markers literally said g on them you know yeah. instead of the ones now that they're like actual pylons so they can have a camera in them yeah the you little know.
0: like orange thing right yeah right yeah okay
1: yeah and um He run, there's a video of him running on there, stealing that. And then like doing two like nasty juke moves in the open field uh, against these security guards who were trying to like (laughs) not allow him to steal the property. (laughs) That was great, man. That was a hell of a game. I mean, we, uh, I remember when so students had to go to the Schottenstein center to pick up their student tickets for that game. And there were like professional scalpers waiting out there to, to literally buy student tickets and, in order to buy a student ticket and to get in with a student ticket remember you had to have your buck id yeah and they didn't do. they didn't care they, they, i mean they were they were offering i mean they were offering like a $1000 a ticket back then and that's i mean that was a lot of money yeah that's insane yeah i mean now it might not be near you know as much of a sticker shock but yeah back then i mean you got you got an offer of $1000 for a ticket you're like man i can do a lot of stuff with this yeah you know
0: as a college kid, yeah, right. How many how many nights am I getting drunk? Oh man, a lot. How, many, man. how much Taco Bell am I buying? Yeah, how <laughs> many
1: bottles of Woodford Standard you know Shelfers can I buy, man? I'm living large.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so man, yeah. I mean, I have just you know, there's a bunch of um of of good times back then. Good times, good people. Um, you know, I'm trying to think if I have any other, like, really. I'm sure, you know, after this, my boys going to be like, oh, how did you not say, you know, this and that, right? That's but, why
0: there's that's why there's episode two. <laughs> right,
1: right. But, yeah, man, it was, um, it was a great time.
0: The Ugly Tuna thing is very interesting to me to go back to that because I remember, like, I had friends that were still on OSU campus when I graduated from my college years. So, you know, still being, like, fresh, college style still um i had a buddy who lived right down that side street at ugly tuna and uh he was like a couple like just a couple houses in so it was easy walking distance so i'd be like hey man let's go hit up ugly hour drive over to his place park the car go to ugly hour i'd take in ten (laughs) dollars Yeah, I'd <laughs> take ten dollars, get double Long Islands. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. Yeah, no, which still cost you a dollar piece.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get double Long Islands. I walk out of there, even tipped. Uh, you know, having a good night, and grab. Uh, was that when you went there? Was that Mexican place downstairs? Yeah. Oh, uh, that Mexican yeah. place was killer.
1: Yeah, that was really good. Now, you want to talk Mexican joint? It's still around right now, Casuelas.
0: Casuelas. Yeah. Is that that one's on campus? Yep. Yeah.
1: And now they also have a food truck.
0: Ooh, okay. Yeah.
1: And but the Cozuelas was known for like big as your head margaritas and strong Ooh. too. And they were cheap, right? They were cheap. They had, they gave you, you know, they gave you free chips and salsa, you get a big ass margarita. And the burritos and just the just the authentic, you know, authentic Mexican food on campus was awesome. And I feel like it was more That place is definitely more of a, because campus is so big, you know, Uh it's huge. For those who don't know, I mean, Ohio State's one of the largest campuses in the country. Yeah, it's Um, it's
0: top 10, top 15 largest in the country. Yeah.
1: And so a lot of times, you know, your experiences are kind of limited to whether you lived South Campus or North Campus. Yeah, and Cozuela's was definitely a North Campus staple, right? Now everyone was like, "Oh, South Campus is the party area, right?" Because that's where a lot more of the frats were, and yeah. um, you know, stuff in the m- most of the debauchery went down on South Campus. But North was known for some of the restaurants, and actually, so my my freshman year was the the actual original, like the first ever B Dubs Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh yeah, was right there on North Campus on that's Woodruff.
0: Yeah, it's not the one that's there now. No, no,
1: no. So what they did, they shut that one down. So the, the, the original was, dude, it was super small. Maybe had maybe four tables, maybe. And but really? it was yeah, but it was maybe it was mainly like when when they had wing night, it was like carry out and get the hell out of there, yeah. right? And the lot because the line extended down the street because it was literally ten cent wings, ten cent wings. Oh yeah. Yeah, and you'd see so wow. you. Yeah, you walk in. you waited a while. I mean, granted, they they did they did a great job of flooding people through. And mm-hmm. this is you know this is before the day of, you know, pre order, you know, you yeah. you already paid for it, yes. you know,
0: DoorDash, right. Uber Eats, Grab yeah. It's all before that.
1: And so that it was really cool, to be able to experience that first ever. I mean, now they're you know they're a, they're a corporate giant, you know, franchise, right? Yeah, and. Uh, the one that's there now on Lane and High is the one that – so they shut down the original to make this one. And it's – I mean, now it's huge. That, that one's probably the biggest one I've seen. It's double-decker. Yeah, you know, two it's stories. It's
0: massive. Yeah,
1: it's huge. But food – in general, food at Ohio State was always really good. You remember Burritos No Chase? No, I don't. Oh, man. Burritos No Chase is a – so when, you have, when you're on the meal plan, one of the – um, places that you can use your swipes was called burritos, no chase. And they were only open late night. Like they knew that this was like the drunk spot. Yeah. You know? So, you you know, you drunk as hell, you mosey on back to your dorm, you ask all the fellas if they want to go over to burritos, no chase. And it's just, we just called it no chase, right? You, you want to go to no chase. And uh, I mean, they just, <laughs> it was just ridiculous. You would get kind of like a, like a poor man's chipotle, right? You would get, uh, their white rice, you get some beans, But then the special they would have for late night is they would throw literally nacho cheese in your burrito. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like
0: that gooey, like, stadium cheese. Oh, yeah. Like, just globs. Like, you want nacho cheese? (laughs) (laughs) Whap, you know?
1: (laughs) And, yeah, man, Uh, I remember, actually, um, one time my my buddy got his burrito, and we go back, and – were you know i lived on the fourth floor right so we went up the stairs i think the elevator was broken and my buddy slipped and li- literally like I, it's like out of a cartoon right my buddy slips and his burrito lands like in his face he like slips, literally like, in his face backwards
0: burrito goes up right into his face yeah. oh
1: yeah into his face like nacho cheese is like in his nose <laughs> <laughs> and he is so mad but you, you know you're drunk so it's like well i'm gonna eat it still Right. You know, and, 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 sure enough he did, but yeah, man, that was like, uh, it was something out of like a, a you know, cartoon network type. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Food was always definitely good at Ohio state, man. That, that's, you know, I know a lot of my, you know, you talk about memories. A lot of my memories at Ohio state are mainly geared towards the bars and, um, and the sporting events. Yeah. You know, those, I mean, the, the sporting events that I experienced, I got to experience at Ohio state and the alumni association. Right. So, or not the alumni, um, the Mount Leadership Society, my scholars program. Like I got to go to a bunch of away games that the university would subsidize the trip cost in order for us to do like a day of service the day before. Yeah. Right? Or even uh, sometimes it was a couple hours, you know, morning before the game, you know? And that was really cool because I got to go to like Michigan State. I got to go to Purdue. Um, I got to go to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a couple away games. I love going to... If you guys haven't been to an away, like football game, like where your team is the you know the um the visitor, you gotta go. It's a lot of fun. Don't let, you know, don't let the the home crowd or you know stories of people getting fights deter you from going. And you know, as long as you're not talking too much shit back and forth, it's a lot of fun. You yeah. get it's a much different aspect than you know sitting at your home stadium, you know, and especially when you win, right. Oh, yeah. You know, and you win. And if you're a Buckeye fan, you know we do Carmen Ohio after every game, win or lose at home or on the road. And, you know, you talk about memories. That actually is probably one of my best memories is on the road with my boys. We win the ball game. We're sprinting over to whatever side. If we're on the wrong side of the field, we're sprinting over to the, op- the opposite side of the field just so we can all link arms and sing Carmen Ohio after a win with the football team. I love that. Yeah. It, it really is it really is a special thing that Ohio State does for it being a such a large university and having the largest alumni association in the world to be able to do that and like I'll link arms with even a random stranger you know yeah we're Buckeye fans it's all the same right you know yeah and uh man I I crave that that's why you know COVID was tough for me because of that you know he couldn't when sports were shut down and I couldn't hang out with friends and bars were shut down and restaurants were shut down, you know, Just had to sit
0: at home and yeah. twiddle your thumbs.
1: Yeah. Or be on like be on Xbox live. You know, you're talking yeah. to people on my headset on Xbox live, you know? But yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much the gist of my, my college experience, man. That was, um, you know, I hope I detailed that in enough, uh, you know, enough <laughs> memories and stories for you there on that so regard.
0: I actually want to bring up a point. Um, there's, so if, I mean, if you don't love college football, then you're doing it wrong, Mm -hmm. I think. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But uh, if you watch an Ohio State game, especially an away one, and you still hear the crowd on the TV cheering for Ohio State, it's not because we traveled from Ohio to see the game. It's that many Buckeyes live in that area. There is, yes, there's the people that travel for sure. Right. But there's that many Buckeyes that live in that area. It, all those yeah. games. Well, that's like,
1: why, like, you know, when, when we play in Arizona, like when we play in the um, Fiesta Bowl, Yeah. you know, they call us the kings of the desert because yeah. we, I mean, literally zero Buckeye fans would have to travel to Arizona for that stadium to be full of Scarlet and Gray. Yeah. Like, zero. It's It's that large of a of a network out there and actually any city you go to right so um you know i was in minnesota in my home state there um during a game and i really wanted to watch it with some buckeyes so there's a if you just google um ohio state ohio state bar near me or something like that yeah uh, the first thing that pops up is actually through the alumni association they have a list of every single city with at least one bar that's an ohio state bar that wow. will put not only your game on but will have the sound on, yeah, you know, and it doesn't you know sometimes it doesn't make the um the locals too happy sometimes <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it's al it's always fun to know that you know wherever you're at, like when I lived in Philly, you know, yeah. I found a humongous bar in a place called King of Prussia that um that showed the Buckeye game all the time, and they, they the 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 local. Alumni Association affiliate cha- or chapter would always throw like raffles and you mm-hmm. know tickets to the game you know the next game that they come to your city yeah. like cool shit like that.
0: We we experienced that in Kentucky one time. Mm. We uh, yeah we went down there. Um, so Derek and I did an actual like a TV show one time, um, and it this was like the day before the taping, right? And it was uh, was it. Ohio State Michigan? No, it wasn't Ohio State Michigan. No,
1: that was uh, that was actually that was Ohio State. I think it was Ohio State Northwestern.
0: Yeah, it was a big game. Yeah, I believe um, that
1: might have been the Big Ten championship game.
0: Yeah, it might have been that. And we like, hey, where's the where's the Ohio State bar? Right. And it was uh it was an actual local but chain now, Roosters, uh, which is a fantastic chicken joint, and. We were like, "Oh, we're here for the Ohio State game," and there was a section yeah. off of the main restaurant that yeah. was like full of Ohio State people.
1: <laughs> yeah, but they even had us put name tags on. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think that that was in Lexington, wasn't it?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, it yeah, was. That was in Lexington.
1: Yeah, we were. What were we there for?
0: It was. Uh, it was filming. Uh, that TV oh yeah, show. yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. The the first no, the second one.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But oh.
0: also on the on the Ohio State thing, I want—is there a way that you can describe the atmosphere that the shoe has during a game? Because I try to describe it to people and I just can't. Like it's just crazy. Um,
1: yeah, you know, I, I mean, I would say we're, if we're we're talking football here because our our basketball arena is probably the worst basketball arena in the history of basketball arenas. You know, it was made it was made mainly for corporate donors and rich alumni, you know, and packing a stadium with people instead of building the stadium small and compact close to the floor and building up. They pretty much built out. Right. So it's mainly mainly more for concerts and donors, rich donors. But I mean, you go to the shoe. And it's kind of like, you know, sometimes when you're at a concert or you're at a bar. And they have some live music and there's that there's that really massive speaker right next to you. And then the bass starts kicking in and you can like almost feel it in your heart. You know, you can feel it in your lungs. Yeah. You know, like that just pulsing feeling. When Ohio State comes out of the tunnel there, uh, in the season opener, it's kinda like that. You know, it's it's as a player, especially on the road, Honestly, I would love that to feel, like, the opposition and, like, all the people that are, like, hating on my team. And I come out and it's, oh, man, it's just crazy. It's raucous. It's just, you know, it's just pandemonium, really. Uh, I mean, there are sometimes like, especially in the big games, when, like, when it's big games in the shoe, the fans know that they better bring their A game because they can truly affect some of the outcome, you know, if they're, if they get, you know, if they get five or six false start penalties, uh-huh. right. That's mainly due to the offensive line, not being able to hear the snap count. Yeah. Right. Um, that can alter a game. And I, I, I think our fans understand sometimes it can be snoring, you know, snores fest. I mean, we're a blue blood. We're constantly a very, very, very good football team. Right. And there are a lot of games where we're favored by 50 points. You know, you don't need to be loud. That's a good time to bring the kids. You know, yeah. maybe Ohio State covers the spread. Maybe they don't. Um, but it's 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 one to, you know, kind of watch as a fan. And a lot of the players call those um, stat stuffing. They call it stat stuffing games. Because that's when you want to get your five-touchdown game. Yeah. You know, easy, breezy. You know, you know the, the backup quarterback's coming in the second half. Yeah. You know, but on those big games, man, everyone knows that, like, You better leave that game hoarse and not able to really talk the next day, Uh you know, and that's, that's all part of the fun. I mean, you're paying a lot for a ticket, you know, they up the ticket pricing Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and if you're going to, you know, in my, in, in my experience and in in my opinion, if you're paying that much for the experience, then you better, you better really live that actual experience. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: It's, um it's a special place. If you guys haven't been, I definitely recommend hitting up a game. You know, you don't have to be a fan of either team. It's uh, it's, what's one of those like bucket list kind of things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I enjoy one aspect, a lot of Ohio state games and I'm not going to say what happens, but when it, when Ohio state kicks the ball, if you're watching this game on TV Turn the volume up when Ohio State kicks and sends it sailing to the other team. Just listen to what – you can hear the crowd.
1: I don't know if you can anymore. You can. Can you? Because I know they've gotten accustomed now to drowning out or muddling the crowd on that That, moment. I heard it
0: this past season. Really? Yeah. Oh. And I remember being – at one of the games where um, afterwards on Monday, the school sent out a notice to all students and said, "Stop!
1: <laughs>
0: you can hear it clearly on live TV.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean that even that was there when I was you know, when I was in school, they still did that. Yeah, I was like, oh, man, tradition. that's that's what we're going to say? All right. <laughs> cool. <laughs> All right. You know, speaking of Ohio State football, you know, you talk about memories. It's not my memory. But, you know, as I told you guys, my dad went to Ohio State. And, you know, my dad didn't grow up in a very wealthy family. My dad's dad died when my dad was 10 years old. So he lived in pretty much a single-parent family with, wow, I think, six other kids. And... Uh, so, you know, he didn't have the most money. Uh, my dad was an excellent baseball player um, in Lima, Lima, Ohio. Uh, Lima Central Catholic. If you guys are out there, go LCC. <laughs> and um, uh, so he lived in in the shoe at the time back then. They actually had dorms in the shoe. Really. And it was subsidized housing. It was free housing pretty much for these kids who couldn't really afford room and board. And the only trade off was they had to like clean the stadium and help for prep, right? So my dad said that the night before all the games, and, and remember this is before like you know technology even really became a thing, right? And um actually before like cell phones, you know, like long, you know.
0: It was what, seventies, 80s? Yeah, I think
1: it was like yeah, seventy something. Yeah. And um so he was he was cleaning and his friends, so night before the game, they just pack his dorm with as many guys that can sleep on the floor as possible, and then so in the morning they just rip beers left and right, and then literally walk out into the stadium, and they would st- <laughs> they would stand and cram in together. Not k- they didn't care. They yeah. they all gotten free, right? right? Um, but dad was cleaning um, some part of the stadium, and this was just after the Ohio State Clemson game back then, the infamous game. Because what happened in that game was a Clemson linebacker talked some shit to old Woody Hayes. And Woody Hayes didn't like it. And so Woody Hayes gave him the old two piece and punched him. Wow. And uh, the reason I'm telling you this is one of the cool things my dad saw Woody, you know, in his nice, you know, little suit, you know, that grayish suit that he always wore, uh, walking into the stadium. And my dad. You know, it's one of those windows that kind of, like, folds out, you know? Yeah. And he yell, hey, Woody. And Woody looks up, you know, is waving. My dad had a Polaroid ready. And I'm pretty sure, and Ohio State, if there's any official out there, if you guys want this picture, contact me. But I'm pretty sure that it's the last ever picture of Woody Hayes as the actual head coach at Ohio State. Because he was walking in to get fired.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. And so it's a oh, it's a like an old, like, shake it, like a Polaroid picture uh-huh. of Woody like this. Like, waving. Yeah, to my dad. Wow. Yeah. I want to see this picture. Yeah, man. I, I I searched for hours last year, like, during COVID because I was bored. Yeah. And I was like, I swear I saw this picture in here. And sure enough, I did. I did. And he, he gave me the full rundown, the full details of, of, uh, of the picture and the story. So I was like, man, this is so sick. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the last ever picture of Woody Hayes as the head coach of Ohio State.
0: Yeah. uh, There's probably not a picture after that if he's walking in to, you know, get told he's fired. Right.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: That is so cool. Yeah, it is. But, um, yeah, do you want to, like, switch gears and keep on rolling with some uh, post-college life?
1: Sure. Yeah. You know, so I went – You know, in Ohio State, like I said, I got that econ degree just to check off some boxes, right? Right. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do. But uh, to help pay, you know, some of my way in college, I worked at Enterprise Mm Rent-A-Car. And if you guys – obviously, you guys all know Enterprise Rent-A-Car. But I'll tell you, those people who work there, man, they are warriors. I mean, Enterprise is notorious for just grinding you out left and right. You know, you're working six days a week a lot of hours, a lot of hours, normally like well over 50 hours a week, normally close to 60. And, you know, in the, in the warmer months, if, if you're a branch that doesn't have car prep and car cleaners, then you're going out in your suit in the heat of the summer, cleaning the car yeah, and then coming back inside, like, I did that a bunch of times. I come inside, I'm dripping in sweat. I'm like, look, I'm sorry, but someone had to clean your car for you, man. You know? Yeah. like. <laughs> and uh, I worked at the largest non-airport enterprise a car in the entire U.S., probably in the world, uh, and it's over off of um, Morris Road, like Morris in Cleveland. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, it's here. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, the main reason – It was that way is there was like a great um, there was a great mix of clientele. Right. So you have. Sure. So you have. um, But um, it has a great mix of, you know, corporate client, uh, corporate renters, uh, insurance companies, insurance uh, body shops that are close by, as well as a bunch of people that really couldn't afford a car. So they wanted to, you know, quote, stunt on the weekends, you know, and uh, I loved it. I absolutely loved it, even though, I, like I said, I grind my face off. But I loved it because I got to meet so many different types of people that I never would have been able to meet. And, you know, like uh, part of my job was to help build corporate accounts as well. So even, um, even back then, I got to hang out with, you know, people that might have been, you know, like some of them were, um, you know, Uh, ex-felons and uh, some of them had done some wrong in their previous life and others are you know CEOs of of major companies you know and I I interact with them you know in so many different ways like we would even do uh we would call it our our um office night out and there's a there's a little bar down the road there called Rosie O'Grady's
0: oh I've seen it (laughs) yep I've seen it yeah I've Uh, never been
1: you know kind of you know kind of your, you know you know you're um Um, your blue collar, you know, worker, um, kind of bar real dive bar, but honestly it's a standalone bar. So, you know, um, and they always had a thing where if you wore a tie, you got in free. Right. (laughs) We called it our, we called it like a, like a client, like a client appreciation because we go in there and like at least 10 people rented cars from us regularly on the weekends. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It was awesome because, like I said, I got to meet so many different types of people. And um, actually, there's one lady that we actually, we treated her very well. Um, She would mainly get cars from me Friday to Sunday, right? So two days. She wanted a nice car for the weekend. And she always returned the car, you know, perfectly clean, nothing on the inside, you know, never gave us any problems. And so she would get a nice car, you know. Most of the time, we'd give her a Cadillac. And even though she's only res- reserving like a weekend special, which is you know like thirty bucks a day, and you get a hundred miles free each day, you know kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, she would always come and get her car, and she was a she was a hoot, man. So if I was having a bad Friday, she would she would have you laugh, man. She she was a comedian in her own right. She would take the car, come back uh, about normally an hour or two later, and she'd bring us Jello shots. <laughs> <laughs> she would bring all of us Jello shots, man. You know and she'd be like. DP, you make sure y'all enjoy this now after work, you know. <laughs> uh, and, I mean, she would bring a lot of them. Oh, she was awesome, and uh, just a whole bunch of different people that I met through there. And and I got, you know, I really think that that's where I got a lot of my work ethic and my hustle from it was from my manager, who is still to this day a very good friend of mine. His name's Jason Pearson, JP. What up? And um, you know, I'd have Enterprise was notorious for their stack rankings, right? I had metrics that I got judged on that I hadn't meet, right? And everybody that was a management trainee is what they kind of called us. Everyone got stack ranked and your results were shared to everybody else. You know, so it wasn't like, here's your individual performance. It was like, everybody knows if you're last. Yeah. You know, my thing was I was always first, right? I was number one in the region, eight out of 12 months on a rolling scale. One of the things I was great on doing was adding on, you know, the services like the additional protections, you know, like especially, um, you know, like for corporate renters or even like if someone has is having some work done at a body shop and they need a car for one or two days, they don't want to worry if there's a scratch on the car or if somebody opens the door, if a kid opens the door and it dents their, you know, the rental car a little bit, they don't want to really worry about that and they don't want another claim on their insurance, right? So they would always, you know, I'd push a little extra on the insurance piece and, And, um, so I would get, I would get stack ranked and if I'm having a bad day, mainly Friday was my, like my money, that was my money making day. Right. Mm -hmm. That was my day to really grind it out, get those, you know, those additional dollars in, make sure I'm still at the top. Right. And sometimes the morning wouldn't start as planned and I would get big frustrated, man. I would get huge frustrated. Uh, you know, I'd. I really think someone needed the protection and they just weren't listening. You know, they didn't want to hear my pitch. I try to add on, you know, roadside protection. They don't want to hear my pitch. They don't want any of that. They just, they just want to leave. I just want to leave. And uh, JP would pull me aside. And we had a, this is a big building where we were at, the Enterprise. It was actually across the street than where it is now. But we had a little, remember the, like back in the day when you were young in the little like plastic basketball hoop that was blue and red. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Like, little, you, you would do, like, NBA jam dunks on. Mm-hmm. We had one back there. And he'd be like, D, D, come shoot hoops with me for a second. Come <laughs> shoot <laughs> hoops for a second. And he would call me down. He's like, look, I know you're trying to be number one, but if you come in with this attitude, if you keep that attitude up, you know, people are going to see that. You know, you can't bullshit your attitude, mm-hmm. you know, especially in sales. So he's like, take a couple shots, you know, of the basketball guys, not the jello shots, right? <laughs>
0: Different shots. <laughs>
1: yeah take a couple shots, come back out, and kill it, right? And that's really where I got my, you know, my grind and my hustle on was was Enterprise. And I was doing really well. Uh, I ended up uh, running uh, the Gehanna location off of Morris and Cherry Bottom on the other side of Easton there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked it, you know, and Enterprise does really well with offering incredible opportunities as, as you progress. Now, that's only if you you know, if that spot opens up and there's, I mean, you can make some big money, but I really wanted a little more. So I looked around, I was like, man, I I really love sales. That's just what I am. I still, you know, it's what I do. And uh, I was like, okay, what, what can I do? And uh, there was a ad out on, I don't think it was LinkedIn. I think it was like Indeed or another, there was another version of Indeed back then. I can't, uh, I can't remember what it was, but it was a version of Indeed, and it was a graduate rotational program for a company called SAP. And I was like, what is SAP? I have no idea what this is. (laughs) Small company. Well, I mean, large or small, dude, I just had no, I, I had no damn clue who they were. Right. So I looked into it, and I was like, oh, they're an IT company, and they're actually pretty, pretty, pretty big, pretty big. And it was for recent graduates, whether uh, with your undergrad or with a graduate's degree. And I went and looked at, I mean the the prerequisites were, I mean, they were they were stiff, right? I honestly didn't know if I'd get it. And you know like I like I've kind of mentioned before, I was I'm always that cocky guy that's like, if I can get the interview, I can get it, right? But I didn't know on this one. so I you know, I spent some time building up the resume, creating a couple of good, um, you know, reference letters and, uh, I had to fight for it, but I ended up getting an interview and, uh, they flew me out to Philly and it was a whole day interview process. So there was 80 of us. Uh, they got thousands of applications, 80 people they chose to fly out to Philly. And this was like my first big, like, you know, work related, career related, Opportunity, yeah, you know, and like big time job
0: putting that economics degree to (laughs) use, (laughs) (laughs) right?
1: Yeah, yeah, and so, uh, the whole day and the campus. So, SAP's North American headquarters is in Philadelphia, and a little there's a town there called Newtown Square, very, very ritzy area. Um, they have they actually have a McLaren dealership, you know, like uh, on hand, yeah, they got, yeah, yeah, they have fancy. You know, it's actually where um, M. Night Shyamalan lives out there. Oh. Yeah. Uh, So do the Jackass Boys. Um, They all live in Westchester, which is right next to Newtown Square.
0: Some of those people make good movies. Yeah. And then someone
1: there is named M. Night
0: Shyamalan. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, Actually, not to get on a tangent, but you know the movie – remember the movie Signs? Mm Mm-hmm. So – Yep. They literally bought a plot of land from a farmer out in Newtown Square and built that house for the movie. Really? Yeah. And then when they were done, they just left it for him. They said, it's yours. <laughs> they were like,
0: <laughs> we're going to buy this plot of land, put yeah. a house on it, film a movie real fast. And then they're like, fuck it. Mm-hmm. Here, have it back. Like, right. Yeah. We're yeah, not yeah. even going to sell the house. it to you. Yeah. yeah take it.
1: <laughs> and um, so anyway, you know, it was, it was an all day interview process, man. And, and the. I didn't really know exactly what like a graduate rotational program was, but it was very interesting. So they took the whole year and they broke it down into quarters, right? Q1, 2, 3, and 4. Yeah. And uh, based off your skill set and what you wanted to do, you could kind of create a sector of the business to learn each quarter. And I, I really loved the idea of, of, of this and, and where I remember – uh, we were all in a big conference room, you know, like one with just rows, you know, like four rows of tables with all the, you know, the type of chairs that we're sitting in right now—these little roly, uh, normal office desk chairs—and and I remember watching this presentation about one of the technology that's in the software that they use, and they come and they pull me out, and they're like, "Hey, the chief of staff wants to talk to you." I was like, "Oh, all right, here we go." You know, Big D got it. You know, like, <laughs> come on, baby. Chief of staff, <laughs> and I remember his name was Lloyd, and uh, he was a big Notre Dame guy. And he started talking to me about my resume, my experiences, what I want to do, and then it turned into just a normal conversation like we're having right now, you know, just about life and and experiences and what SAP can do and what it's done for him. And uh, uh, we him and I talked for like an hour, and then they brought us he brought me into this cocktail hour reception, right? So I'm think, you know, like I said, I'm cocky sometimes, right? So I was like, oh, yeah, I got it. You know, I got it. But, you know, being young, what I didn't realize was the interview was still happening at the cocktail hour. Right? Yeah, they
0: wanted to see how you interface with right. everyone in more of a relaxed setting. Right,
1: yeah. And, like, see, you know, who's real, Yeah. right? And apparently I passed with flying colors, man. So I was one of, like, 26 that got selected into the graduate rotational program. And I started by, so I I moved, obviously, for the first time I moved from right here in Columbus. I moved to Westchester, which is just right down the road from Newtown Square in Philadelphia. Yeah. And it was different, man. Um, When I moved there, it was kind of a struggle. And I'm not saying I don't like all East Coast people or all Philadelphians, but it's different out there. Right. It's very hard nose in your face if we're not you know, it's like if you're not from here, don't hang with us. You yeah. know, we're friends from middle school, elementary school. I mean, these people knew in, in Westchester, there's like a there's like a main main street, you know, or main drag, so to speak, of all the bars, because Westchester is mainly just a, a small campus town, you know, party central. So they have, they have a really nice strip of bars and restaurants there, but all those people knew what bar their friends would be at, at what time on Friday. It's like, if it was eight o'clock, they're like, oh, they're at Landsharks, you know? And I'm like, all right. Like, you know, I'm trying to text these guys like, you know, Hey, you guys want to do anything right. And it was tough. It was kind of like, you know, like uh, pulling teeth to get some of these people to start hanging out with me, you know? And for a guy like me. You know, it's kind of a little bit disheartening because I never have problems meeting people and having friends that wanna hang out, right? Yeah. And I left all my friends here in Columbus to go out there for this job. You know, and nobody just wants to move out for a job, do the job and then go back to their apartment. At least all the time. I know you I know you're like, Man, that sounds kinda good actually, <laughs> like <laughs> But you know, for me, it was more, it was just another version of how I, you know, I need to adapt, right? And it's the term that I use a lot is social chameleon. And that's what I feel like I am. I'm a social chameleon. I'm able to adapt my personality and even some of the, some of the vernacular I use based on who I'm hanging out with. Right. And so I had to do that with these people and it was tough for a little while, but then man, I, 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 I started having such a great relationship with, especially with the other. Uh, graduate rotational members right so the first time I'll never forget it I go into the office and um, the headquarters there's a huge building called uh, NS1 on the left and NS2 is on the right and they're very uh, they're like what was it called like Leeds Platinum and it's some like energy award uh, for their sustainability practices that they have at these buildings. And I've never been to an office like this because I go in, you know, you go, you have your badge, you go through security, all this stuff. They have a full Starbucks in there like right away. And then you take a left and there's just a huge food hall and they actually give you like subsidized and free food. Nice, Yeah. And it, Oh man. It was like award winning too. There's some really good stuff. <laughs> like sushi Wednesdays was a banger, a real Ooh. banger. Yeah. They actually had like a guy rolling the sushi, like they would hire him in every Wednesday. There yeah. wasn't
0: no gas station. No. Gas station, right. Sushi. No, man.
1: Fresh, oh. man. Yeah, oh, it was so good. And um another cool thing was, you know, re- regardless of where you were working, we eventually did have they built our own co- we were really loud, right? We were a loud group. <laughs> we were young, right? And the reason they were doing this graduate rotational program it's like the average age at the time when I got hired at SAP was I think in like the high fifties. so they realized that an inflection point's coming. A lot of those people are going to start to graduate. They either have to decide to try to bring in more youth yeah. or just continuously pluck from their competitors, you know? And I think they kind of went with a hybrid of both, but our, because of our youth, our group is loud and collaborative, right? So at SAP, they had these things called communities, right? You And the communities were named after like, like little different um, areas of the city. Like, you know, here we have Short North, we have German Village, you know, right. we have the Brewery District, we have a bunch of different, like, named areas. Yeah. And so that's kind of how they dealt with their communities, and so they originally put us in a community, and they apparently got complaints from a bunch of people of how loud we are. So they moved us into our... They finally built us our own conference room, and... I got to do a lot of really cool things during that year uh, through the graduate rotational program. I was actually lucky. Um, I was one of four people that got selected to uh, do a quarterly rotation in the office of the president. And I believe that is because of my relationship that I built with Lloyd, the chief of staff, all right? So for that for that time being, I helped pretty much all the sea level in North America. So. CIO, CEO, COO, all those guys. And then I also got to assist with helping on uh, some crucial plans for the global CEO, Bill McDermott, who is actually, I believe he's still the CEO now. And through that, through that experience in the office of the president, I made some really good connections with a bunch of different people that are, you know, high up in the organization. And I think that's a tribute mainly to, you know, like growing up with my pops, he's done really well at dupont and because of that i you know i've i've grown up with other you know sea levels being you know present like family friends you know and i understand that even you know high ups they put on their pants one leg at a time just like you and i do yep. you know they put on their shoes one shoe one foot at a time just like we do mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you know they got to take a dump they got to go piss you know they they do all the normal yep. stuff that we do right it's all about who you are and why should people give you their time and why should they trust you right and uh, so i built some great connections to there and after the rotational program you kind of have to apply for the job that you want and that you've been eyeing on right and i started out uh looking at different um it uh big data and analytics roles within the organization but i actually got my first role in chicago as a um mobility sales executive selling like you know mobile-based software and uh, um at the time it was you know back then it was mainly a lot of companies moving off of on-prem and more into a cloud-based solution you know and how their apps could run more efficiently through my software right? yeah so from philly i actually moved to chicago and uh, one of my buddies from, remember the Turpee River Band, you know, from Ohio State here, who lived in that townhome across the way, he had already moved to Chicago and was living downtown uh, right near uh, Grant Park, like right near Michigan and Roosevelt, you know. There's a Trader Joe's right there, actually, and he lived right next to that Trader Joe's. And I moved to Chicago, and my high-rise was right across the little alley from his high-rise, which was great, yeah. right? And I loved it. I loved living in Chicago much better than Philly, in my in my humble opinion. I had to commute out to, like, the suburbs area, you know, a lot, called Downers Grove. And I didn't have a car. A lot of people that live in downtown Chicago just don't have cars because the parking is ridiculous. Like, how much you have to pay monthly is almost, like, as much as your dang apartment. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and um, in Chicago, I, I, I ended up moving downtown there um on michigan avenue so right on the, the magnificent mile which was sick oh man i had such a good time and i got you know with the role i was in i was making like just stupid money for a young you know early 20s mid 20s guy right and i you know i i lost kind of my way a little bit i thought everything was flashy right i mean we would do bottle service uh, every weekend, next some sometimes we were next to R. Kelly. Other times we we're next to like Chicago Bears players, like a whole range of of, of people. Right, just balling out. <laughs> yeah, man. My I lived on the penthouse floor of this high rise, looking right out at the Sears Tower. I mean, wow. Yeah, I was I was not very you know wa- like financially wise with my money, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and it was a grind. The mobility was a grind. Mobile sales was a grind. I didn't know if I liked it but I did it, you know, and then I get a call, one day I get a call, and it's from a guy that I did work for when I was in Philly, right, and in Philly, uh, they have, like, a global all-hands call, um, mainly, maybe, like, bi, you know, biannually, twice a year, and I actually got invited to speak on this all-hands call, and, I mean, it's all, we're talking, for the people that are working in the office, it's like a full theater, you know, and they have like full on, you know, like CBS production, uh, camera crews. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, they wanted me to speak about the new buyer and how, how the sales world is kind of changing to a more mobile base and, you know, kind of like an always on mentality. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. now it's just second nature for us. Right, we won't even we won't even think about the way that it used to be. Right, and so through that, uh, this guy calls me up. His name's Eric Johnson, and uh, he's like, "D, you remember me? You know, I, you did some work for me in New York City when you were based in Philly. Oh yeah, you know how you been?" And apparently, he had gotten popped to the global head of platform and solution sales for. So there's a there's a company called Sybase that SAP acquired a couple of years ago before I started on, and he was like, now just hear me out, right? I kind of need you for a role that I know you're already underqualified for, but we want to bring in somebody that doesn't have, quote, you know, his own way of doing things and doesn't have his own baggage that he's already carrying from other companies, right? And... and, and fresh. Yeah, right, someone fresh, exactly. It was, a, it was a breath of fresh air. They wanted to try a new... Um, way of sales and so I actually got promoted to global sales executive for the entire Midwest region and three out of the top five global cl- companies happened to be in the Midwest for SAP so it was like really important sales job, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I mean I was beside myself dude I was I went crazy I oh man I was so I was so I was elated really to even have the chance at doing this, right? I finally felt like I had, you know, quote, made it, you know. And my quota was just humongous. It was super high. But I, you know, I got to go into a bunch of these large companies and and chat with different people. The main thing I like about sales is, is I get to help people solve problems on a much larger scale, you know? even if it's just an SME, if it's a smaller medium enterprise business, if I can help them alleviate some pain points or save money or even do things quicker, then we can have some real impact. So SAP had a product called SAP HANA, high powered analytic application, right? Mm-hmm. It basically takes, so you remember the human genome project? It's a project that took three to five years, I believe to complete through a database originally. SAP HANA allowed you to run that same data set in three to five hours. So to put it in like real life now with SAP HANA on black Friday, if a TV deal is selling like hotcakes in this territory, but not in another territory, but this other territory is really doing well on this camera deal. And the original one that's selling hot on the TVs, isn't selling that many cameras because of SAP HANA. You can make more sense of, that data in more of a real-time setting. So you'll be able to reallocate supply chain for the afternoon rush or the afternoon deliveries to allocate more of those TVs to the region that's selling all those and the cameras to the ones that obviously are selling more of the cameras, yeah. you know? So we're talking one increased profitability, smarter workforce, and, you know, um, uh, happier clients. Yeah. You know, Cause you're not sold out of that that product
0: right you're you're uh maximizing where your supply chain is exactly
1: yeah and dude i loved it for a while i loved selling um they actually willingly moved me back to columbus ohio so that's how i got back here yeah and i loved it i you know i bought a maserati Um, fancy yeah man i had the maserati sports car riding around you know i thought i was you know King dong, you know? <laughs> I thought I was king shit and uh you know through that that process you know it's all through life we learn we learn different life um experiences as we go uh, right. throughout life, right and one of the things for me was i I hindsight's 2020, but I could tell that you know I wasn't the most humble guy back then, especially when I was in that role. And I didn't really, I started like not really liking who I was and who I was trying to become. You know, like I was trying to become the guy that like had to impress everybody with money, mm-hmm. you know? And I really, I just didn't like it. So I left, I left SAP um, and-
0: So it was, your leaving was a personal reason versus, you yeah. know, you still loved what you were doing, but right. it was like, I don't like who I am. Yeah, pretty wow. much.
1: And, but also, it's like you know me, cam, like I'm a true believer in doing what you love, yeah, and I just didn't I just didn't wake up every morning and loved what I did. I worked with some awesome people who did love what they did, like I was never the most and I'm still not the most technologically savvy guy when it comes to getting in the weeds of the actual software, yeah, but s a p had a great um great support system with solutions engineers that that is what they did they were they were the nerds right they were the guys that could even build they could build you that software yeah you know and they know everything about it and uh, you know it was great because i would be able to bring a solutions engineer with me and pretty much i would start the meeting off with making sure everybody knows names and then I wouldn't do anything until midway through. And I'd be like, can we pause for any questions? You know, <laughs> and then obviously setting up, you know, next steps at the end. But, um, I was able to more focus on and what I loved about the sales, uh, aspect of things. in, in even just in general, not even just software sales is the ability to meet and talk to people, understand what their pain points are, and then try to help them, you know, um, I like to view it as I'm helping individuals, I'm helping people instead of, I'm just helping a corporate logo.
0: Yeah. You know, you're helping people, um, do their jobs better, yeah. more efficient. And it's, you're more on that, like micro scale right. of, you know, making everyone's life easier versus making the company more money.
1: Yeah, exactly. That was in your focus. Yeah. Yeah so you know, I, like I, that. I stopped doing IT, and then I was like, okay, I maybe you know, maybe I don't like the IT sales, but I still want to stay somewhat in the industry, right? So I I moved into selling um, disaster recovery and abil- um, high availability solutions, right? So basically, when a company's uh, when a company's data would get compromised, or if there's a fire wherever their data warehouse is, right? Or I mean, even something as crazy as like a snowstorm and nobody can get to the data center. Yep. You know, if something happens there, what can we do about it? And how long is the downtime? And then how long till everything is back up to normal, right? So I'd sell, you know, those services basically, you know, you, you know, every company has their own data center, but if something happens there, you might have co-location in another, you know, even another region of the United States that you can instantly get back up and running through like a golden egg version of software. It might not be the most current, you know, like to the second yeah. uh, data backup, but it, we can get it pretty close. Yeah. You know, and I, the territory was Western PA and west virginia i got to still live in columbus which i loved and mainly i traveled to pittsburgh so in like i think in 2016 2017 i um i was in pittsburgh like well over 200 days like i stayed at the same marriott <laughs> more <than> 200 <laughs> days in a, in a given year and i mean it was kind of cool because it was downtown it was right next to the pittsburgh penguins arena um I got tickets to pretty much all the sporting events to the GM of the hotel because, I mean, you know, I was just there all the time. Yeah. You know? And y- you know how it is. Like, in Columbus here, dude, like, you are, you know, Columbus, Cincinnati, Cleveland, we're kind of brought up to think, like, Pittsburgh, and unless you're a Steeler fan, think that Pittsburgh is, like, an old, you know, dirty city, cold, nothing fun to do, right? Yeah. But – it was awesome. I loved, I loved going there and hanging out there. There's a downtown. There's their main area. It's called Pen Ave, mm-hmm. and there are some just incredible restaurants and bars and and venues and, and and things to do and and different types of experience. And it's it's literally right next to the river, like the where the three rivers connect. Yeah, literally right next to there. And my favorite. Uh, bar and restaurant to go to Was called Siena Mercado You go up to the third floor Which is the top floor of this place And it's like a beer garden Oh it's awesome dude Cameron you would love it <laughs> And uh, uh, I mean beanie hats everywhere man Oh you my know? god <laughs>
0: It's a little inside joke
1: <laughs> <laughs> And um, uh, th- If it's If it's nice out They actually had a retractable roof Yeah Okay You know, It was Normally it was glass But yeah it was like a retractable roof and open air, you could still see like the angle you'd have. You could still see some of the top of the skyline, you know, some of the skyscrapers. Uh, really good beer selection, great food, and just the vibe. You know, it was just a great vibe. Yeah. And I loved going there, and I had a lot of, um, you know, a lot of fun time. Mainly, it was just myself, and I never really brought people, you know, along with me. It was mainly just for business trips, right? But the people were always nice. Uh, the games were fun, even though I hate Pittsburgh sports. <laughs>
0: you know? how can you not <laughs> yeah it,
1: well yeah unless uh, see i don't get those people that are like oh you know i mean i'm indians fan but i like the steelers and it's like all right you have if you're liking the steelers you should like all pittsburgh sports okay even if they suck yeah you know like you can't just choose because the pirates have been so trash for years you can't just say oh i just like the steelers you yeah
0: know? so Uh, I think that's a fun point to bring up. Uh, personally, I remember being in like third or fourth grade and all the cool kids were like into sports and I was, you know, the only child that didn't really know much about sports. My parents weren't into it and, uh, you know, all the kids are talking like, what's your favorite team? Who's, who's your favorite players? Like all that, you know? And then they ask me and I'm just, you know, the nerdy kid and I'm like, uh, Steelers and I'm like I, I know fuck all about Steelers <laughs> and <laughs> still to this day people are like who's your yeah. favorite NFL team right. I'm like uh I guess the Steelers and that's the story I tell and I'm like I don't really have a favorite NFL
1: team <laughs> right
0: so I can be that asshole that likes the Steelers for no reason
1: well when we talk about you know your favorite team like like a you know kind of um hinted at very early in in this Discussion here was like I'm Team Ohio. Like I like the Bengals and I like the Browns. Yeah. And there's this, this very unique situation because my dad has always been a diehog, a diehard um, dog pound brownie. Oh yeah. But when I started liking NFL, the Browns hadn't moved back yet, and so the only team in Ohio at the time was Cincinnati. So I started liking Cincinnati, even though they were dog trash. They were absolutely trash. And uh, but you know it was the only Ohio team, so I rooted for him. You know I didn't I didn't really want to root for. The Vikings, you know, the Minnesota Vikings. Because um, I wanted, you know, the city I was living in right now. And then the Browns came back. And I was like, man, you know, my dad loves the Browns. He watches the Browns. So still to this day, if, if a gun is put to my head, I'll tell you, if they're playing each other, I'll tell you I'm rooting for the Browns. Right? But aside from that, I want to see both teams do well. I Personally, I'd love to see both teams make the playoffs. Yeah. Dude, tell me how lit a Browns – Bengals playoff game would be. Oh, that'd be crazy, right? It'd be crazy, just insane. (laughs) Um, uh, but yeah, so that's why you know I get some flack with all that. But yeah, man, Pittsburgh is a great time if you ever get the chance, man. You should, you should definitely get away. I know you're a big like concert guy. You should definitely find. Speaking of concerts, there was a concert there just recently, bin or something like that. You know what I'm talking about? I don't think so. Apparently, it's like. My brother-in-law went there with, with my sister and apparently it's just like, amazing. Yeah. I, I, he said it's, it's not like, it's not like true EDM, but it's like a, like a version, I guess. Okay. I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't listen. It to just him, encompasses. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And, um, so actually, uh, as a gift for them. So my sister's due here in two months with their first Ooh, kid and big news. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. We're excited. Um, so to, as a little, you know, their last, like, uh, baby moon, I guess you would call it, right? Baby moon, I guess that's what they call it now. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Or The last, like, vacation before the baby was just a mini vacay, and I surprised them with a, a hotel uh, reservation that was literally right across the street from that Siena Mercado place.
0: Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah,
1: and they came back and just said they had a raving, just an amazing time. That's um, awesome. S- yeah. I mean, you know, like right now my sister's starting to really feel some of the, you know, some of the pregnancy woos that women have. Thank God you and I don't have to go through it. Like, yeah. Like could you imagine, man, like having a like a at the time it's like a like a like a little alien growing inside you, yeah. you know, like just eating all your nutrients and Yeah. <laughs>
0: we have we have so many friends that have been pregnant recently and we just hear about it and I'm like, Wow, you're yeah. an amazing human for being able to go through it.
1: Man, yeah parenthood sounds rough yeah and you don't get any sleep and i love sleep you love sleeping (laughs) right i love sleeping i love not being tired (laughs) so those two things sound like are out the window for like the first five years sounds like
0: uh probably the first 18 yeah right right
1: (laughs) but um yeah, man, I if I I don't have anything bad to say about about Pittsburgh, but and then um yeah, I mean that that pretty much ended after that role. It was a company called SunGuard Availability Services. After that role, I've just I've focused on my own side hustles and and um you know just some small hustle jobs that you know when you combine them all, it's not sexy, but you know I have financial freedom. I have freedom to do whatever I want. I can work wherever I want. Yeah. Um, I kind of like it, you know, and I, I don't know if I'll get back into corporate America. I mean, I I have nothing against it, really. Um, but I do like the freedom that I have to, you know, be flexible. But, you know, the, one of the post-COVID benefits, I believe, in, in, in corporate America now is a mainstay of flexibility regarding, you know, work from home and in-office time.
0: Oh, absolutely. Work from home is fantastic. Yeah, You don't have to deal with uh driving anywhere yeah sitting in an office for 8 to 10 hours a day there's no commute stuck right. in traffic
1: i'm i'm all also that stuff. i'm also a big uh you know i'm i'm a big believer in the the downfall of the suit you know i i get i get why suits have the you know perception that they do just as a lack of a better you know word like business tool mm-hmm. right but I feel like we've now we've grown into a society where I mean, when I used to work at Best Buy, I I could never tell who was like if, it's, if a guy came in a suit or not. I mean, it could be a, it could be a dude in a white T-shirt, some athletic shorts, and flip flops that come in and pulls out the Amex Black on me when he's buying twenty five TVs. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I believe we, we now we I mean we've gotten to the point now where a lot of people are self-made millionaires through crypto or you know stock trading. Or just various levels of, of, of things, even social media inf- influencers. I mean, or, you know, some of these creators, you know, some of these OF creators, if you guys know what I'm saying. Like, I mean, they're making a stupid amount of money, right? Yeah. And uh, I, I just don't feel like we have to wear a suit to say, like, we're powerful and, you know, like, we should be respected. You know. Yeah. Uh, now I know some. You know some people. A lot of people different. I have this. You know I have this argument all the time with people, but I like. You know I always say right now the way I, I'm living my life right now. There's probably one company that I would move away from Columbus for, and that's probably Google. I love the Google's mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, on dress, I'm a big believer in feeling comfortable. I believe if you're in, in a sales role, you do your best to work when you're feeling comfortable. And for a lot of people that means not being in a suit that's restrictive and hot oh yeah you know oh yeah uh that's i guess that's just that's just how i am i've never been big on it now you know that that could change you know everyone all my views could change you know as life progresses but that's just how it's been for me
0: absolutely i i totally agree with you where um you know like work from home you don't typically have to wear a suit or if you have to dress up you just put a button down on Mm -hmm. but like for me uh, even doing this like it yes it's casual but yes it's still something that i contribute in a business manner to right you will always see unless it's hot out you're gonna see me in sweatpants and a t-shirt right (laughs) i'm not gonna get dressed up for this right
1: but it's also like it doesn't mean like you have to think lesser of me yeah you know like That's that shit's for the birds. Like, yeah, yeah, get out of here. I don't need that negativity.
0: I'm a big believer (laughs) in comfort. Yeah, like if we're gonna, if we're sitting down and we're hanging out for a while and you're not comfortable, man, that sucks.
1: Cameron, how many, um, (laughs) how many times have you seen me wearing long pants?
0: Uh, zero. (laughs) Actually, I think there was one time where you, uh, you specifically wore pants, long pants covered your whole legs (laughs) and you were like i wore these just for you so you could have one (laughs) one time
1: (laughs) yeah you know i honestly it's like if it's a if it's a wedding a funeral you know or some big corporate event yeah you'll you'll see me in the slacks yeah you know but yeah man aside from that i mean even you know me even in polar vortex it's 10 degrees i'm not going to be outside that much and i'm a big guy I'm not gonna be outside that much anyway. And my legs don't really get cold that quickly. So if if I'm only going from my house outside to my car, my car to somebody else's house or a bar, I don't really need all that. Yeah,
0: because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. once you get inside, you know the heat's gonna be on. Right, yeah. So just wear something comfy.
1: Exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. And you know, I mean with those, uh, that's that's where, you know, when I told you I, I mid, you know I lived in Chicago for that mobility sales role. Yeah, that was probably the biggest thing I hated was I didn't have a car, so I had to take, you know, if, unless I took a driver all the way out to Downers Grove. And if you guys don't know, like, Chicago traffic is r- literally insane. It's insane, and uh, I would either have to take the L over to the Main Trail uh, train station and take like the BNSF line out to Downers Grove. And then from there, I'd have to have a taxi or a private car, pick me up to take me to the office. And then I had to do all that back. To yeah. get downtown. It was a bigger, it was a long, it was a bigger deal. And I if I, if I was able to do all that and like what I'm wearing right now, you know, I'm wearing, um, you know, I'm wearing some khaki shorts, like some golf shorts and a golf polo, you know, if I'm able to wear stuff like this. I'd probably be a lot cooler with it. Cause I'm more comfortable. Instead right. of being in a suit you know in a confined space on the train uh you know it's kind of hot I can't really move my arms much in this suit you know? <laughs> yeah.
0: there's like no air movement on tr- those trains too
1: right, right man I mean it was it' kind of hell I mean, that you know <laughs> the, and if I'm not feeling comfortable then i can't I can't act myself, yeah you know and if I can't act myself then you're you can tell I mean you're gonna be able to tell. That I'm bullshitting you, you know, not on what I'm selling you, but just that I'm comfortable and I'm happy where I'm at right now. Yeah. You no, know? because I'm not. I'd rather be in comfortable clothing. Right.
0: <laughs> I I think that's a that's a fun point that like us younger generation, the new age, and also the whole work from home movement that's right. happened. Mm-hmm. I think that's more of a like a it's gotten light shed on it where it's. You know exactly what you've been saying we don't need to wear a suit or the you know dress up full to the nines for you know going to work nine to five
1: it's going to be very interesting in these next couple years to see how corporate america changes because i feel like we are getting to an inflection point where a lot of the sea levels and and you know the big head honchos that make a lot of like the policies and the trends yeah. in in the business world are starting to retire a lot of those old heads yeah. right and i i truly believe in order to better operate and to better adapt with the ever changing world that we live in right now even down to the day i mean things can change in a day now I mean, look how, you know, to even, like, relate to that, look, I mean, just the coronavirus, I mean, look at how quickly that spreads, and that, that, that that's a testament to the interconnectivity of our world, Yeah. right? I mean, something goes to China, all of a sudden it's in Europe, like, right away, mm-hmm. and then it's in Canada, and then it's here, you know, yeah. it's like, it's everywhere, and uh, that's the same with just business in general, and as those old heads are retiring, I'm a true believer that a business needs to have a younger mindset that is more able to adapt in real life. I mean the younger generation right now, we've kind of lived this our whole lives, the technology we've kind of lived in this world, our whole lives. It's kind of second nature to us now. Yeah. And I'm not saying, you know, the older generation is, is, is worse. It's just, they have a tougher time adapting and changing ways in an ever changing world. Because back then, not much really changed. You know, changed. You you were loyal to a company. Yep. Right? You clocked in, you clocked out, you did your time. They made sure they advanced you up the corporate ladder. They give you a nice benefits package when you're done. Right? Yep. But now, if they find someone that can do your job better, more efficiently, they save more money, they're going to let you go. They don't you know, they don't care. Yeah,
0: they don't care. Right.
1: So, everything has to be able to adapt on the fly. And if you have a younger person kind of leading that charge, I feel like we're gonna see better results for corporations and we're gonna see more advances. I, I i do think we're close to our next big technological advancement. You know, the one one or two things that kinda like, you know, really change how some things work. And I think it yeah. I think it's in the it's fuel. Like
0: that, the iPhone change. Yeah.
1: And you know, one of the big innovators Of our time right now is Elon Musk. Now, you know, some people may hate him or love him for different types of things that he maybe that he does. But what he's I mean, really, what he's doing is is he's challenging some of the big peers of corporate America, some giants that have been around forever. Right. Like you think about the Hyperloop. Yeah. The Hyperloop is if succeeds is going to completely just rattle big oil Mm -hmm. transportation with hotels yep because if i can i mean if i can go from here to chicago in in 20 minutes on the hyperloop i'm not gonna need a hotel i'll be back for supper yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) that will be like your daily commute yeah you know and a bunch of these you know innovators and these you know visionists we need more people like that and i you know, I, I really do hope that before I die, I see that next big thing. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Because that excites me. That gets me going. And, uh, you know, I know I'm kind of getting off on a tangent from us talking about suits to now talking about fighting big oil. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's all about just really, you know, my whole life has been, like I said, a social chameleon. I try not to, you know, not to be set in a, any one certain way. You know, yeah. everybody can change. And so that's why even even our president, I mean, Trump, Biden, Obama, I mean, a bunch of these guys are older. Now, Obama wasn't as old as this, these two guys, you know, yeah. now as, as Trump or or Biden. But I mean, I really think we need to start having a, you know, somewhat younger. I mean, look at Zelensky in Ukraine. I mean, yeah, that he's a wild he's, child. Yeah, I mean, he's young. I mean, he's he's showing up everywhere, really pounding these old heads for support. a lot of who a lot of whom would have already said no had he not been so aggressive in his tactics Mm -hmm. of pleading for support you know and i i would love to see you know a a change on the corporate level to more younger i mean you look at a bunch of the startups a lot of them do really well because mainly it's a core of younger people yeah you know absolutely now they
0: they cater to that generation that's on the technology all the time yeah
1: and they know what they're dealing with yeah you know and uh oh man i that's why for me if i do get back into like the, the corporate world i might try a small company you know or startup i i just i love the culture and the you know the whole i mean i, I know it sounds funny but i like going in an office and i see a ping pong table yeah <laughs> you
0: know? yeah Like a giant beanbag chair and (laughs) someone's sitting in it and they got a little, like, cool coffee table and they're just, you know, working away in a comfy beanbag chair versus an office. Have
1: you ever seen the movie uh, The Internship with Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson?
0: A while ago, but yes. Yeah. Fantastic movie.
1: Yeah, and that's a good example, right? Yeah. Two older guys, older sales guys that, you know, they did the the commission thing pretty much, Mm -hmm. you know, selling whatever the hot ticket was. And then they see this breath of fresh air with beanbag chairs and robots driving cars. Yeah. You know, at Google. And they're like, why not us? Why not try it out? Yeah. You know? And I, I, I actually, I, I just watched that movie like last week. But, um, you know, what a good example there of adapting to whatever current situation you're in, you know? Absolutely. And uh, um, that's another reason why I fell in love with Google. Not because of the movie, but. I mean, even the movie shows like what they're about. Right. You know, like their culture. I, I, I like I love it. Like I said, if you guys hey Google, if you're listening, hit up your <laughs> boy. You <know? laughs>
0: um I I have a I have a thought. I've been thinking about it recently, where I think um the next like big thing, if if not the next, it's coming, right? It's it's definitely in the top five running of next big things I think is like the VR experience where, you know, it's a lot of stuff is going to be in virtual reality versus the real world. And we're going to conduct a lot of business that way.
1: Yeah. I, uh that's, that's one thing that I would say I'm probably a little slower on than I should be is VR stuff. Um, you know, I haven't been, I haven't been aggressive enough enough, I haven't been a, a, as aggressive as I would like to stay up on trendy VR technology as I should. Like I should already probably have a you know a metaverse
0: like a headset and <laughs> all the Yeah, I should already have my NFTs own and all this stuff. Yeah, like
1: <laughs> DP should already be in the metaverse <laughs> or the metasphere whatever they call it. It's metaverse, right? Yeah. Yeah yeah, I should probably already be in there. yeah nFts nFts I like nFTs. I think that's honestly might be the future of sports cards, which is one of my hustles right now, yeah, y- you know Gary Chuck. oh, I love Gary v. um he hes actually came out with a version of sports cards called v Friends mm-hmm. And these things are going per box are going for like fifteen grand a box,
0: yeah. And he's not; it's not sports, right? He's not Tops or yeah. the other big co- and sports companies. What's cool
1: about it is he's created these cards based off of NFTs, though. Yeah. And his, like he said, his his goal of this is to not become a Tops or a Panini, right? For sports yeah, cards, yeah, Panini. It's to, he wants to create the next Disney, is yeah. what he said, like. And he's like, even if I don't create the n- the next Disney, what I appreciate about it is the journey, mm-hmm. you know? Because even if I fail at creating Disney, you know, I'll damn well come up with something else based off that experience. Yeah. You know? Um, I, I Actually, I, I just started following that guy not too long ago. You know, everyone's – a lot of other people have been on him for a while. Yeah. But I just kind of – you know, I got in a little rut personally. Um you know, last year I, I got down a little, you know, I'm, I'm having a surgery and the surgery kept getting delayed because of COVID. And, you know, it's kind of real arduous process. And, um, I was a little down and I, so I, I I was, I I was searching for like motivational stuff. Yeah. Stuff to pick uh, you back up. Right. Yeah. And I found him. Yeah. I found him. And then I, I also, um, uh, there's a there's a great g- book by Bobby Bones called um, Fail Till You Don't, and uh, you know reading some stuff like that. I mean I'm human, yeah. You know a bunch of you guys that know me, I'm I'm upbeat, I'm outgoing. I, I really don't do stress, I don't like stress, yeah. but you know I'm human. Everybody has some downtime every once in a while, and um, yeah, like finding Gary Vee was 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 awesome. <laughs> like he's infectious, you know. And oh yeah that's what I try to be in, in my group of friends i I try to be I try to be a beacon of positivity instead of negativity mm-hmm. you know always I always I always will try to be that person and i I see a lot of that you know a lot of my mentality I see it in him and like I said I had no idea who this guy was you know a year ago yeah um but you know I mean now some of the stuff you know even just a quick little blurb I'll get you going for the day
0: absolutely no absolutely um he has a uh, i don't know if you've seen it he obviously has tons of content but he has the little like monday message mm-hmm. i think he posts it like every monday on his instagram <laughs> uh but it was just like a little um thing about you know people hate mondays and he loves them he's like it's a fresh start of the week and everything like that and he's like you know what wake up do your thing like fuck you monday like you're gonna crush it. It's a whole fresh week for you to right. do your thing. Uh, I, I I didn't do it justice, but yeah, um, I love <laughs> Gary V. And if if and when I do my own episode, there will be a nice segment on me finding Gary V. Because it's a it was a high impact uh, on my life.
1: So um, it's funny because when I found him, and I start going through like you know his Insta stories and you know some of the little things he has on there. Almost every one of them. Th- uh the first like I see is you. <laughs> you had already like the video. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh I may follow him on Instagram. I love uh him. I love D Rock, his video video guy. Uh D Rock's worked for Gary for years and he uh he follows him around with the camera and makes all the content. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Does all the editing. Uh D Rock's awesome and you know, follow him on Instagram, too. He's get some of his personal life. He's got some cool stuff going, and he's, like, you know, just like Gary with, you know, being positive and right. upbeat all the time.
1: Yeah. And I, I feel like those guys are similar to us. Like, I normally don't see him in a suit.
0: No. Uh, you, I've never – I don't think I have ever, ever, ever seen Gary in a suit. Right. Exactly. And I have followed this man for 10 years.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So – I mean I know we keep going back to it but yeah. I mean if you want to if you want to be happy you got to be comfortable.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I, I took a lot of, you know, his his content and his wise words to heart. It's like yeah, you don't catch me if we go out to like a nice dinner or something or you know, meeting people for the first time like we've talked about it before personally but I'm not you know, I'm I'm comfortable I'm, right. and I'm going to meet you as me versus, you know, trying to put on a whole charade or something. Yeah,
1: hundred percent. And you know, uh, like I said, you know, ju- a little before COVID started. So like two and a half, you know, probably two years, around two and a half years ago or so. I, um, that was when I kind of had my first hours, my last hours with corporate America. And, uh, I've, you know, I've been really happy now. You know now what I do, guys, is you know I have a couple side hustles. I have a sports card business, and sports cards are booming like crazy. Oh, they're nuts! Um, I have a sports card business. I have a golf equipment and apparel reseller business that I have, and I've actually dabbled in uh, in real estate and stocks now. So, you know, it's a bunch of like really not 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 you know not not like overly sexy stuff. I might not you know. My, my, my wages fluctuate week to week, but I'm never, you know, feeling too stressed about it. You know, like I told you, I don't do much stress anyway, but, you know, I don't have much financial stress. I'm comfortable. Yeah. I have, you know, my own freedom to work where I want and do different things. And um, it also made me more, you know, more of a humble person for what I have. You know, mm-hmm. I, I went from a Maserati. To a GMC, a 2018 GMC Terrain. You know, it's not flashy. It's not gonna sit out in the front with valet. You know, they're not gonna leave it out there like they did my Mozzie. Yeah. Right. But it's cool. I mean, it gets me from point A to point B. It doesn't break the bank. I don't need all that flat. For me, I don't need all the flashy stuff. If I have, if I have, good friends that make it worth it, then that's more important than the sports car. Yeah. You know. I don't need to show out. I mean, I'm 34. I don't need to show out at at the club and, you know, spend 5k a night at, you know, getting way way overpriced bottles. Yeah. You know, at at a club, I don't need to be doing all that stuff. If I'm just hanging out with the boys, you know, we go on, you know, it doesn't even have to be great vacations, you know, like Louisville. I'm li- I I'm, I'm literally stoked for this upcoming weekend to just meet a bunch of different people, see a bunch of people that you know, we interact with a lot on social media, but maybe don't get to see many times in person. Uh, like, just that experience is is enough to make me like I'm just like bursting of excitement. Yeah. You know, like, I, like I'm, I'm literally af- after this 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 podcast is over. Like, you can just go ahead and hit fast forward to Wednesday night for me, or like you know, <laughs> or Thursday, like, <laughs> Uh, i'm
0: I'm the same way like i I can't wait for today through Wednesday to just kind of hurry up and get by, and we can just like have a good time with our friends and like you said we've we interface online, but you know, like for me, I've met half of these people once, and the other half I have never met before, but I am so pumped to like meet these people and hang out and have great times with right
1: and you know. A bunch of the guys will bring some like incredible bottles of bourbon, but no one's going to look down on anybody if they're, you know, if they're bringing just like a really awesome pick that they bring. That's what's cool yeah. about it. You know, it's everyone, everyone's different and the bourbon is kind of just a part of the story. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um. Is there, is there anything else you wanted to like bring up Uh. on this? You want to come back for episode 2?
1: Yeah, I mean I I got you know me, I could talk for days. I love it. <laughs> uh yeah, I mean I got, you know, I got a bunch of other uh stories and and memories that that we could chat about if we want to if we want to cut it here, but you know, like I said for anybody out there, you know, if if you're looking for a little more enrichment in life, I'm a firm believer in finding that through people. Uh, you know, cultures and and stories, and histories, are passed through word of mouth. So you know, I'm always recommending that you, you know, reach out, meet someone new every week. Uh, go to the hotel bar. You know, if you're traveling for work, go to the hotel bar and just strike up a conversation with the guy left or right of you. You know, I'll give you a quick, I'll give you a quick story here, um, and then we'll save the others. But um, in Pittsburgh. You know, I'm sitting at the the hotel bar of the the downtown Pittsburgh Marriott. And it's the closest bar to PPG Arena, which is where the Penguins play. And I'm sitting there chatting with the bartender. I've known the guy. You know, he knows me by name. I don't have to tell him what I drink. He just has it ready. Uh, we're sitting there and we're watching. And this it, is right around the time when like the, the Blue Jackets are, like, starting to become a mainstay in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, we're not the trash team that everybody just laughs at when they, they have to play – columbus right right starting to get good so we're talking hockey a little bit and this guy comes up sits down normal joe you know not wearing you know not wearing a suit but um uh you know he comes up sits down asks me my name start chatting a little bit Says his name's matt and you know we're just talking hockey it, we're just talking hockey and then he gets up and uh he you know he says bye and he leaves and apparently when i was in the bathroom he had paid for my whole tab wow um long story short bartender's like dude you know who that was i'm like no man named matt he's like yeah that's matt sullivan the new head the new head coach for the pittsburgh penguins he had he had had gotten hired and he's he's, obviously his family didn't have a house in pittsburgh yet so he was staying at the pittsburgh marriott before the game the next day
0: wow (laughs) that is so cool
1: yeah just you know never thought to You know, really ask him what he did. I mean, I met at that bar, at that bar alone, I met some uh, just really cool people. A lot of, like, oil and gas tycoon guys, you know, from, like, Houston and Texas. Uh, A lot of financial, you know, people from mainly from – this is weird. Mainly from, like, Miami and, like, down in Florida. They would come up to Pittsburgh. Like, Pittsburgh's pretty big on the financial sector side. Yeah. But, you know, just stories like that are why I always recommend – you know, strike up a conversation with people. People, no one—it's human nature to want to interact with each other. You know, no one's gonna be upset if you say, "Hey," you know. Yeah. No one's gonna be upset with you. So you know, make sure you, you know, you you chat and you get everybody else's stories. And you know, like I said in the beginning, hop on over here to Fatal to Prejudice. I know Cameron would love to have you on, and uh, I'd love to listen.
0: Yeah, for sure. Thanks for the, thanks for the plug there. Um, yeah, I'm obviously the introverted one, but I will sit down and have a two hour conversation with you and I love to learn about your life. Yeah, man. Uh, this has been awesome. Um, you know, I always ask a question here at the end, you know, what's that one piece of advice that you want to, uh, live on that, you know, that you said that Derek said, um, is there one? Is there another one? Uh, I think that one that you just said, you know, learned about people, asking them what's up. It's pretty good, but I'd like say, say another one if you want.
1: My only, you know, one of my only other ones, and I, I'm, a, I'm an easygoing guy. I live by just, you know, a very small set of rules personally, but another one is always support your friends. You know, if I know you guys have seen the meme, but, you know, if my friend owns a haircutting business, that's where I'm going to get my hair cut. You know, if my friend has a detailing place, that's where I'm going to get my car done at. You know, always try to support your friends. You're going to get what you need to get done. And you're also able to help a buddy who's, you know, operating a small business or whatever their craft may be. Um, you know, it, it costs, it also costs $0 to be kind. You know, in a world right now where there's, there is a lot of stress and a lot of it is related to, you know, COVID from lockdowns to financial struggles, to layoffs, to honestly, I know a lot of people that are very frustrated because of the supply chain issues uh, that has a big effect on on people more than, more than most might know, unless you really think about it. But it's important to remember that every day is a blessing. It costs zero dollars to be kind to each other. I know, you know there might be days where you want to blow off steam and call somebody a, you know, an unpleasant word on the roadway, or, or really get upset over something that you think about is so trivial and so meaningless. That let let things roll off a little more. You know, you're not doing yourself any favors. You're not doing your body any favors by keeping pent up stress like that. So don't strut the small stuff and don't cry over spilled milk.
0: Love it. Yeah, mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. But thanks so much for coming out. Uh really appreciate it. Love hearing more about the the story of Derek and all this fun stuff. But yeah, let's uh let's get on the books for another another round and hear some more stuff.
1: Yeah, maybe we'll uh maybe we'll have a couple stories from our upcoming weekend. Huh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll reload the storybook and That's we'll right. uh, we'll get to share. Awesome. Well, yeah, again, thanks so much for coming out and uh, until next time.
1: Yeah, appreciate
0: it. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Fatal to Prejudice. If you or anyone you know would like to be a guest, please visit my website at CameronChats.com and fill out the contact me form. Please fill out the subject line as podcast interview and write me a small blurb on why you or someone you know should be a guest. I'll leave a link in the description for ease of access. You can support this podcast by listening to it on your favorite podcasting site. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Another way to support is by becoming a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Fatal to Prejudice. Patreon is the only monetary support system. If you would like to sign up and support through there, I am forever grateful for you. Again, thank you for tuning in.